with uh, you know Val on the TV. Val sorry, on on the TV. I don't know if it, it's one that's available down there, but it's got pretty good reviews. And my son and sister in law have bought them. It's called the Hisense TV. It's it's a Korean TV. Uh, it oh. comes with Roku built into it, and wow. you can get like a sixty-five inch for like five hundred bucks. Oh wow! I have no idea what kind of prices they have down there. You can get a forty-some inch, forty-five inch, or something for three hundred dollars. Yeah, Chris. Well, we can get it for, and what what they can get it for, two different things. Now, when it was, yeah, it's been exactly, since, exactly. Yeah, it's been a year since we've been there, but. Um, when we were there, uh, there were people on the on the airplane that were carrying TVs off, <laughs> you know, big screen TVs okay. going yeah. through customs. And uh, often you get charged the amount that you, if you have your receipt with you for what you paid for it, for some strange reason, the customs to get that into the country is the exact same amount as the receipt, or it could be more. Yeah. So, <laughs> so hopefully, which is amazing because no one's. No one's making those TVs in Cuba. It's not like they're. <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, you know they're hard up for cash. You know, and and hard mm -hmm. currency like dollars is uh, very special over there. <laughs> mm. So uh, anyhow, we're in James. We're gonna we're gonna get through as far as we get today. I wanted to just back up for just a second. We're gonna start in verse thirteen and go through verse eighteen specifically. And I have material planned if we get past that. And I know we've studied uh, verse uh, 13 through, I think, 15, but I want to just recap that just briefly and then get into the rest of the study with the, the time that we have remaining. So we're going to pick it up in James chapter 1, verses uh, 13 through verse 18, and I'll just read it for us. It says, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is, uh, by his own desire. He is dragged away and enticed. And then after desire has conceived, it gives uh, birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of, uh, of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be kind, a kind of first fruits of all he created. All right, so we'll, we'll stop there. I just want to back up and talk about what are the stages of, of temptation. And um, I don't know, I didn't get a chance to pre-set this. Let's see if it's going to work. And it kind of did. Let me just go to speaker view. And uh, if you can see here, the stages of temptation is we start with desire. As we desire, desire is based on our emotions. And uh, uh, the, the idea in one of the translations, the, the word is lust. And it, it's, a, it's a kind of desire, not necessarily sexual passions, but anything that we desire. You know, desire or emotions are, uh, God gives us, uh, emotions and, and that are that are honest and true and and good and as an example, uh, eating is normal, gluttony is a sin, sleeping is normal, but laziness is a sin. Marriage is honorable, but sexual relations outside of marriage is a sin. 
Now, sometimes people try to become spiritual by um, by denying their normal desires and seeking to suppress them. Does that ever work? No, it doesn't. The, 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 the fundamental, someone described this, I think this was Warren Wiersbe, I'm not sure, uh, said that the, the fundamental desires of life are like the steam in a boiler. It's what makes the engine go, you know. And, and um, uh, when you turn off the steam, you have no power. But if you let the steam build too much, you have, a, you have an explosion and destruction happens. So the, the secret to our desires is constant control. And it, we must allow God to do that controlling, not us. Second one there, this is also in verse 14, is the idea of deception. This, is, this has to do with the intellect. Um, no temptation ever appears like it's a temptation. Isn't that some big flashing sign that says, look out, it's gonna, there's going to be a problem. Watch out, this is a temptation. No, no, no. It's always a, an attraction. It's a hidden trap. It's a, a hunter or a fisherman. We talked about the Greek word there is like baiting a trap or baiting a hook where you put the, the out there and you're enticing the person and your desire, your, your intellect, your desire is to go ahead and to, to be taken um, in by that. As an example, remember Lot in Genesis, uh, was it Genesis 13? He, he, uh, Moses, Abraham, sorry. Abraham says to Lot, you know, we're just, we're having too many problems getting together here. Uh, we're too big and, you know, your guys and my guys are fighting. So here, you've got anywhere to go, choose wherever you want. So Lot looks out and there's four ways of going, right? North, south, east, and west. And he looks to the east and he goes, oh, the well-watered plains of, of Jordan. That's good. That's where I want to be because that, that's got lots of, I've got great, I have grazing, great grazing area for my, all my flocks and my herds. And so the result of that is he ends up in sin because he's enticed by the well-watered plains. So in and of themselves, not a problem, but it gets him into Sodom, which is the trap. Uh, David, again, David has a problem with Bathsheba. He's supposed to be out fighting. It's the time when kings go to war. Why is David back in the, in the, the, uh, the, the, at the, the, the kingdom in his castle, in his throne, at his throne? Why is he there? Why is he not out fighting? And instead, he's enticed, uh, and, and intellect, intellectually, he chooses to, to take the bait, and um, the bait keeps us from seeing the consequences of sin. Uh, remember Jesus, when he was in the garden, says, um, uh, you know, it, it, well, the, the devil tempts him. What, isn't this what it is? He, he, he tries to deceive Christ and Christ answers with the written word. It well, isn't it written? You know, from the human point of view, turning stones into bread to satisfy your hunger is probably a sensible thing to do. If I'd been without food for 40 days, I think I might want a little taste of something. But in God's view, it was not right because it was he was doing something that was wrong. He was he was being enticed by the devil. So what is it? It means this is what it means to walk by faith and not by sight. By faith means you walk away from temptation. You walk away from the bait. You go, yeah, you know, that's probably not a good idea. The next step in, found in verse 3 is disobedience. Disobedience has to do with the will. It's the desire to conceive, uh, desire conceives a method for taking the bait, 
the will approves of the act, and the result is disobedience or sin. Uh, Christian living is a matter of the will, not of feelings. You know, there, I've told you, I cannot tell you the number of times. I've, when I wake up in the morning sometimes, I don't feel like I'm alive. It doesn't mean that I'm dead. It isn't a matter of my, my feelings. It's a matter of my will. I will myself to get out of bed. Well, I have to admit. Hey, Val, Go ahead. Yeah. With all these Old Testament uh, characters, uh, did they not have, or they wouldn't have had, what we have today with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. In most cases, they, they don't have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, would, in, in the Old Testament, we believe the Holy Spirit comes upon person for a specific task, empowering them okay. for that task. The Holy Spirit also, uh, it, it would indicate that at times left people. Um, we're, we're told that... that yeah, we have Go ahead. Whereas we have the Holy Spirit indwelling in us to help Permanent. guide us, to counsel us, to lighten our path, to guide our footsteps. Yeah, the problem is that so, so many of us, we have a tendency to do what? To, to stamp down the, the voice of the, you know, we, we, you know, let's put a bunch of covers over him so we can't hear him, right? It's the other <laughs> little guy on the other shoulder. Yeah, yeah, so it's very the, the question is, though, if... God never changes. Why wouldn't the Holy Spirit have been with those back then in the in the first century or whatever? Ah, well, as he is as he is with us now. Well, I because, think the reason. Yeah, I think the reason for that, James, well, is that um, God's methods have changed. As but his. His purpose and his desire and his goal have never changed. His goal is to bring people to him back to himself. You know, again, this has to do with the theology. My theology might be different than some of your theologies. My theology is is based on a dispensational view, which says that uh, in every ep epoch of time, there has been uh, God has chosen to to uh, deal with men in a particular way in order to show that no matter how, it's always been by faith, even Abraham back then. Abraham was not saved because he was a good man or he was saved because of the faith he had in God that Romans tells us that, right? So each time we have a situation, first it's innocence and uh, we blow that. Uh, human government, we blow that. Uh, we blow... Uh, you know, we, we have the, the law given to us, and we, we do a terrible job of that. And now it's grace, and, uh, and so we come to God by grace alone, which was always been by faith, but all, now it's by grace is the, is the method. And there will come a time when the kingdom is established, and it will be by authoritarian rule. And even then, there will be people that will not obey and will not kneel and not bow before God. They will rebel given an opportunity to. So you're right. There are different, in each season, God kind of does things a little differently, but always with the purpose of bringing us to a realization that we have to trust him, which is, again, the verb form of faith. You know, we trust, which is, is, the, is the verb. So the issue is, uh, I think, uh, it's a good question, but it, the issue is we have to trust God. He says that I will not, and, and he says in, uh, I think it's, is it Thessalonians, I believe, Thessalonians, he says, 
my spirit will not always strive with man. There will come a point in time where it would appear that when, when believers are taken out of this earth, that the Holy Spirit will be removed in the way that he is here on earth now because he resides within us. And uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure how people, obviously the, the spirit will still be drawing people to himself somehow or other, but I'm not sure how that exactly works, to be honest with you. Um, I think that's a little beyond my, my theological ability to, to uh, understand God's plan, but it would appear that when we're removed, the, uh, the Holy Spirit and th through us being light and salt, we retard the uh, the degradation of humankind, and we get worse and worse uh, when the Holy Spirit is fully removed, and uh, and we see the effects of what that happens. So, um, Christian living again is a matter of the will; it's not a matter of feelings. And I think that kind of explains why it's so easy for young Christians to fall into temptations. And when I say young Christians, I'm speaking of immature. You know, you if you use your feelings to make decisions, you're going to, you know, you're going to make some poor decisions because you're basing it on your feelings versus basing upon what does God's word say and, and the fact that I want to stay true to God's word. But isn't that, isn't that a problem that we have right now? Oh yeah. But because almost every, it seems to me that almost everything is done on feelings rather than in faith in God or in the direction that God gives us. So what does that say about our, our maturity in Christ? It depends, depends on how old you are. It probably says that you'll never be mature in Christ. Or you're, or you're really, you've really uh, uh, have a stunted growth pattern. <laughs> well, that, that could be the case too. But uh, many of us, uh, we know what the Bible says and we say that we believe what it says. But all you have to do is look at the various, uh, you know, different ways that people look at things when it comes to, to life and death. You're right. Um, you know, I would dare say that uh, a great deal of these people who uh, participated in, the, I, I don't know the exact term, people have been calling the insurrection on January 6th most of those people would call themselves to be Christian. And right, most, of right. them would say, most of them would say that they have a love of God, but they participated in things where people were uh, injured and killed. And they don't seem to think that there was anything wrong with that. And I, I, don't, I personally don't get that. Well, I think, you're, I think you're right on track. I think that there are a lot of people that have a misunderstanding of what God says. And in fact, that's one of the reasons why I'm, I'm tempted to, I'm being tempted and I think led is perhaps a better word to probably speak on uh, um, the good Samaritan, you know, uh, on, uh, in, in two weeks, because I think that we have, we have misunderstood. It's much like the Pharisees. You know, the Pharisees all started out with the best of intentions. It wasn't like they said, you know what, we're going to disobey God. They were rule keepers, you know, and they would establish a rule, and then they would establish a rule to, to, to protect the rule that they made versus, you know, God's rule. And, and you have this series of things that start small, and they get, okay, we're going to 
make sure we don't break guys' word, so we're going to put a barrier here. Oh, well, then then before too long, you got to make sure that you don't cross that barrier, so you set another barrier. And then you set another barrier, and soon the barrier is way out beyond – you can't even see the reason why you're keeping all these rules. You miss the whole point. You know, God says uh, – uh, the way that you show that you love one another, the way you show that you're a follower of me is by what? Love Loving one another. Mm-hmm. By this show, all men know that you are my disciples. If you are at war with each other, no, right? No. Isn't that what it, that's what we practice. And so, James, you're right. There are a lot of people that have a misunderstanding. Perhaps some of them have been taught wrong. Some of them have read the Bible wrong. Um there, there's just as much on the other side uh, of the equation. You know, those that, that, that get all lovey-dovey without speaking the word in truth. J- Ephesians 2 tells us we're to speak the truth in love. We're to have love, but we're spe- to be honest. What happens if you're never honest? You're dishonest. You're always, what? <laughs> you're dishonest. Yeah, well, you're dishonest. <laughs> you're they make a movie about you. You know, and I think it was Warren Wiersbe. I love Warren Wiersbe. Uh, I love some of his comments. He makes a comment that that, uh, um, that truth without love is brutality, and uh, love without truth is hypocrisy. <laughs> what, what a great way of, of describing it. And so often we're hypocrites. We know what we believe, but we refuse to say anything. On the other hand, sometimes we're so brutal with our what, with what we believe is the truth is that we end up harming the very people we're trying to help. You know, I don't know if anybody else caught it on Sunday, but uh, I listened into uh, Heritage uh, on Sunday with and Chris Zarbaugh spoke. Yeah, and his the message was on uh, tough questions. Uh, that the church needs to answer and speak to. And it was, you know, the, it was really like pointing out, I think the, the, the fringe sides of both uh, political factions as being, you know, not out of love and not what God wants us to, uh, to be going towards. And I, and I thought it was, and and it's it's a topic that, you know, that certainly, I mean, there are probably people that were listening to it that, did not like it from one, one perspective or the other. I'm sure. Uh, but uh, I thought it was, uh, he made some good points. You know, I, I think I, I mentioned last week, I mentioned, uh, maybe it was two weeks ago, I mentioned the, a book by Greg Boyd, The Myth of a Christian Nation. And uh, when Greg spoke that, uh, that was actually a series of messages that he gave, delivered to his church in Minnesota. Uh, one of the things that he talks about in the book is that when he gave that message was it, it was not liked uh, by the evangelical right. And uh, he, he said, he says in in his comments, he said, we we lost a third of our people, Mm. a third of our people, you know, because it, it, and you know, I, I come back to this. We, we tend to get stuck in our ways in our thought process, uh, whether it's regardless of what side of the political spectrum you are, regardless of whether you're a worker or an owner of a business, you know, whether you're a blue collar or a white collar, whether you're a a Republican or a Democrat, whether you're a 
uh, a union or a non-union person. You know, we have we get trained in a particular thought process, and it's hard to get out of that training. You know, I I, I um, when I, when I go overseas, one of the things that, that I'm always I always have to remind myself is that the way that they do things over there is not necessarily right or wrong. It's just the way they do them. Just like the way that I do things or we do things here in this country are not necessarily right or wrong. It just happens to be the way we do that. We do it. And, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm much more time oriented than, than some of the countries I've, I've been in. Uh, and, and so, you know, when you say we're going to start at nine o'clock, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go before nine. You know, and them, it's more like, that's oh, a suggestion, you know. <laughs> uh, we're going to get there. And, and I'm, I'm ready. To, well, you know, there, and there are reasons why that is. And it has, to do with, it has to do with culture. It has to do with climate. It has to do with, you know, um, the difference between being industrial versus agricultural can have an effect on that. Um, cold uh, is, climates are much more time conscious than, uh, than uh, warm climates, you know, you, you tend to move a little slower when it's hot because you don't want to get overexerted, you know. Um, of course, you can tend to move rather slow like we did Saturday when we were shooting because it was really cold out there, I'll tell you what. <laughs> but uh, the whole issue is people need to view things through a different set of lenses. I, I've told you the story maybe uh, about the fact that, um, you know, I was, I was trained in a very legalistic environment and my music, uh, my understanding of what music was and what was appropriate music in church was, was uh, uh, guided and directed and taught based upon my, uh, my church and this, the, the, my undergraduate studies. And so I get invited to candidate at a church out in Iowa. Now, it was the weirdest candidating. I've, I, I don't even, in fact, it really wasn't even a candidate. It was more like a meet and greet. And uh, so they brought me in on like their homecoming Sunday. I had absolutely nothing that I did there. So why I came out, I don't know. But I came out because that's what they wanted me to do. In the process of doing it, because it was their homecoming Sunday, they were they had invited all of the pastors, all the pastoral staff that had ever been there was invited to come back, and and to enjoy being you know there at the uh, uh, at the homecoming. So I just so happened that what my mentor, uh, one of my mentors in my Christian leadership, my my pastoring, was the was a former pastor there. And so he was going back and a friend of his was also going back. And so we all rode in the car, my wife and I, and these two other pastors rode in the car back to Iowa, to, to, uh, to Des Moines. That whole trip we talked about, we had a great time. We had a lot of fun. They were, they were two of the greatest guys in the world. One's gone on to be with the Lord. Now one is still here in, 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 you know, here in the, in the world. Um, but they, they, they challenged me on my understanding of music and what the Bible had to say. 
And the more they challenged me, the more I think the scales from my eyes fell off. And, I, and one of the challenges was, would you go back and read the scripture based upon asking, you know, not saying, okay, look it through your lens, but look, ask the Holy Spirit to allow you to see it through his lens. And I agreed to do that. I changed my opinion about what I was doing and what I thought was appropriate or inappropriate in a church based upon asking God to reveal to me what his purpose was, what his plan was, how I should, how do we worship? What's an appropriate way of worshiping? And it started me on my path to which I ended up getting a doctorate in on worship. That was all back. Th that's the reason why I was in that car. They, do you know that I spent five minutes with the pastor? That was the entire, my entire meeting with him that, that weekend, five minutes. And I'm going, why in the world did I come out here to this place? I, I was out there so that I could spend time with these two guys trapped in a car on the drive out and the drive back. Do you know that one, several of the reasons, several of the churches I ended up ministering at were as a result of, the, of a reference by one of those guys? Hmm. I, that I would have never known about those churches and never probably been involved in them. And yet I got to minister in those churches because he said, you know who you need to come, you know who you need to talk to? You need to talk to Val. Go talk to him and bring him in. He would, he would be amazing in your church. That was all God. God planned that. That's the only reason I had to go to Des Moines. That and I learned some great places to eat along the way. Amana colonies. Oh, my goodness. You want to stop in Little Amana if you're traveling, especially it's on I-80. And if, it gets, if, if it's breakfast time, you want to stop. There's a little cafe right off the, the, uh, the freeway there uh, in Little Amana. And you go in there and they serve you breakfast rolls that are the size of dinner plates and about three inches tall. They're unbelievable. It's awesome. I didn't believe it when the guy told me, you got to go there and get, we got to stop and eat there. And I said, well, okay. On the way we, so we, I stopped right to eat there. And so I order a full breakfast. I order an omelet and hash browns and, you know, and, and then they, they bring out the, this coffee cake or this, you know, cinnamon roll. And I'm going, Oh my word. You know, I was like, I, I couldn't even eat. I, I didn't even eat a quarter of it. It was so big. It was, it was great. And, and the thing was, my wife and I both bought one. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we learned not to be gluttons that time because we took it home with us. Day late was still okay, but it did, it did, you know, it wasn't, but anyhow. So we've talked about disobedience being a, an act of the will versus an act of feelings. And we talked about how feelings drive us. And we talked about that, you know, we start off with, we start off with desire, deception, disobedience and ultimately the end result of disobedience if we follow it the full way is death it talks about in this passage it talks about it refers to sin as giving birth to death is that bizarre the process is we get impregnated with sin and the ultimate goal is we give we birth death we can birth death in our lives if we're not careful you know, uh, not to go too far down this road, because I know some of you are going to disagree with this, but, you know, the serpent used desire to test uh, Eve. 
And Eve sins as a result of being beguiled, if you will. If, uh, this is a King James version of Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. But I fear lest it, it by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The, the devil tricked Eve. Okay? She was, if, if you will, gullible. Maybe is a better way, another way of putting it. Maybe not the best way, but a way of putting it. Adam sins not because he's gullible. He does so with his eyes wide open. And that's the reason why the, his sin is the reason why the human race is plunged into the sin that it has today and the original sin. Romans uh, 5 talks about that. First Timothy talks about that. First Timothy, uh, Romans 5 uh, verses 12 and following says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, not through one woman, but through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all men, all, all of humankind, because all sinned. For before the law was given, sin was in the world. But sin is not is not uh, but sin is not taken into account when there is no law. Therefore, nevertheless, sin or death reigned from the time of Adam until the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who was a pattern of the one to come. But the gift that is not like the trespass, for if but if the many die by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by that grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Again, the gift of God is, is not like the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed uh, one sin brought condemnation, but the gift followed by many trans, uh, trans, trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of one man death reigned, and through that one man how much more will those who receive God's abundance, provision of grace, and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? So it is, it is by a, a choice of the will that we end this. In, in verse 16, it goes on to say, don't be deceived. We've talked about that talked about, uh, you know, the bad company corrupts good morals. That's 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Galatians 6, 7 says, Do not be deceived, for God is not mocked. Whatever a man reaps, uh, a man reaps what he sows. So let me, I want to go back for just a second. So, so when, when do we, today as individuals, when does sin come into our life? Because I would I'd look at you brothers here and everybody had a starting point as to when they were trained spiritually. Mm -hmm. And most of us would probably say based on certain scriptures, there would be certain things in the scriptures that we would agree upon without a doubt. Yet whether there are 13 of us that are sitting here at the moment, there, there, and, and most of us have probably been trained very well, but there would be 13 different opinions on certain things that would take place in our life that have to do really with being a good Samaritan. 
And I don't quite get that. Can somebody explain that to me? So I want to take a crack at that. Well, <clears throat> let me see here. <laughs> let me make sure I understand what he's asking. Okay. Um, first of all, sin is to know to do good, but yet to do evil. That is sin. That's James four seventeen. Um, <clears throat> we all are led differently because our walks are all differently as the Holy Spirit leads and guides us and directs us. Going back to the Old Testament times, um, after the law, the, the Jews were supposed to be the people that we were supposed to follow. Unfortunately, they failed miserably over time. Um, once Christ came and, um, and after the resurrection, the Holy Spirit worked with each one of us and individually guides each of us during our walks. Um, <clears throat> I think our walks are differently, but I don't think uh, we might have difference of opinions at times, but I don't think it, it falls into sin in general. It's different perspectives. I may run a business differently than someone else may run a business, but I didn't break any ethics, morals, um, and and our goals or desires or wants are whatever those are. Um, each one of us is different. Um, but I'm not sure, James, what you're asking, I guess. <laughs> well, and, and, I think that's, and I think that's really the crux of the matter is that we really don't know. I mean... Are you? We can, um, we can sit. We can sit, really, at times, and we can make we make judgments on people, on on people of a certain ethnic or racial group, just based on what one person does or what a small group of people do. Sure. And we and we, and we put that on every person that is in that group. And and, and we call that sin. <laughs> Judge but, not or yet be judged. But that's yeah. you know that, that all of Matthew be, seven. That can't be love. If, no, if well, we, yeah, and and that's the challenge. That that's the challenge we have is to is to love people and to realize that when love is something that we do because someone loved us. I, you know, I, I kind of get. I'm, I'm thinking. But, I'm, I was thinking that James was kind of getting on why isn't there just one real way to do it and always everybody follow that kind of like christianity for dummies well and here's 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 the way i would that right the way i would yeah here's the way i would approach that there are certain things that scripture says these are wrong you know as an example take the ten commandments you've got a list of things these are definitely wrong okay I think we all can agree to that. There are things that, that say in that Scripture says these are wrong. But First Corinthians gives us a list, and it said, and in the list it says these are the things that are, are basically wrong. And it says, and such were some of you, but you were washed in the blood. So there are certain things we can all agree on. Then there are things that are areas of let's say gray. Um, there are areas where uh, you know, do we do we do we eat a steak that was offered to an idol? 
Well, it's cheap. Could, you know, there was always an overabundance of, of, uh, of, of sacrifices made to idols. So you, you went to the butcher shop that, you know, that they had and, because uh, they, they, all of the temple maybe couldn't, uh, that pagan temple couldn't eat, uh, eat all of that meat, so they'd sell it at it. And it didn't matter what they made, they, it would be cheaper than the, the butcher down the street who had to make a profit because it was given to them, right? So some people go, oh, let's do that. Others go, no, we can't do that because it was offered to an idol, and an idol is the same as a demon. And so what we have here is there are going to be areas where each of us is going to have an opinion based upon our understanding of scripture and we're going to have to allow was it uh where uh, we're going to have to allow grace in those areas that are questionable that are we're not sure of you know it's like um we have to tolerate it well we have to, yeah and that part of that is, is learning to tolerate you know it's one of the problems that that i think we have with churches today that wanted to only have one one age group or one particular segment of society, whether it's economic or, or racial or, or whatever the case, the reason that we do that is because we're comfortable with that. We're, we're uncomfortable when it's people that we don't, uh, you know, if I was to go to a truly, blue, I didn't fit in real well with a blue collar church. I've been in them, I've served in them, but I, I don't always fit in real well because I don't understand, I, I can't fully understand their mindset. I try to, but I really, I really struggle with that. On the same token, I've been in churches that were so wealthy that there's no way in the world that I could, I just was uncomfortable even attending there because I didn't feel like I could connect with them. But what I realized along, and the same thing with age, sometimes they all were only going to have young people lead us you know, whether it's pastors or, or on, this, on the stage, because we're trying to appeal to whatever. Well, there's, that's, there's both good and bad in that, because what happens is we don't learn tolerance. You don't think that maybe it would be a great idea to, to, to have people that are different than us to worship together? Maybe that would give us a better perspective of what heaven's going to be like. If heaven's going to have every tribe and every tongue and every race in it, and they're all going to be worshiping God. And, and we have a problem here on earth doing that? That's going to be part of your uh, Good Samaritan. Yeah, well, yeah, a, a, absolutely, yes, which is whole, you know, thanks, yeah, that is, <laughs> that is part of it, you're right. Well, you know, a, I, I was, I was asked. For what we're talking about here. I'm sorry? I said that's a great parable for what James has brought up here about yeah. us, you know, putting certain characteristics on a whole ethnic group. That's exactly yeah. what the Jews did with the Samaritans. And uh, absolutely, Jesus' and, story there was uh, was right on point, of course. And think think what it would have been if it had been the reverse. If the the person that got beat up was a Samaritan, don't you think some of them would have gone, "Oh, he deserves it. He got what he deserved." Well, you, you saw I, that in the fact that the priest walked walked by. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, you know, it, probably yeah. one of the hardest things that anyone has to do in life is to worship God in the way that God worked, in the way that God 
supposedly designed us if we were going to worship him to do because he also gave us free will yeah and and that lets us uh that do some stupid things stupid well just walk by instead of stopping yeah i mean you know you you go back through safe where where I am in life and what I've been through in life and you just wonder sometimes how the hell would you even want to be around people? Because <laughs> right. yeah. You know Are you thinking you know, about becoming a hermit? Not really, but you know, I, I look at things, you know, everybody talks about um, in recent months, in recent year, uh, how bad it was for uh, to see, to see George Floyd uh, be killed the way he was, mm-hmm. but for for some communities that was that was something that's normal. Yeah, you know yeah. that's you know that and that people have dealt with their entire existence. Mm-hmm. But you know, and and people have been told about it, but they never saw it. I mean. You know how yeah. is it that how is it that we have a nation of people and a, a a group of people that call themselves Christians that in some instances Sunday afternoon was a picnic to go watch people be hanged. Yeah, yeah. That, that's Christianity. That's not Christians. You see, because on the other side of the spectrum we have a Paul that says. You know, those people from the other side, they don't have what you have. And they can decide better than you how to behave, and they behave accordingly to the law, which they don't have. And we have, uh, we have the documents. We have all the entire document, the full re- revelation of God. And some doesn't have it. And sometimes they behave even better than us. You know, in the Old Testament, Everything was transmitted by words spoken, yep. not papers, not tablets. So if you heard something from God, and you didn't keep it in your heart and transmit to your son or daughter, ciao. So uh, we got it all. And I see so many screens in here. And each one of us takes it the way we perceive it. Yeah, but, yeah. but when you go to the documents, our what I perceive of you, of me, or whatever, doesn't count. That's what it says, sin is sin. And I can sugarcoat it because, and I'm going to end up doing like Paul. Oh, look, let's do more sin this way, more grace will come. Can we go all the way back to, I'm just going to share two things. Yep. Let's go. Let's go all the way back to where Adam and Eve were together, right? Yeah. Okay. From Eve's perspective, she was deceived. So mm-hmm. Adam basically chose yep. to go with her in her lot. Yep. By what? Because he was always still walking in love at that time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So he. So there's the example of Christ. He wanted to be with him be with her forever. So he chose love to, to go with her. So that's Christ's example to us. 
on the Ten Commandments, none of us can follow those. Jesus explains those in Matthews of what they come from. And they yeah. come out of people's hearts. And I'll yeah. be honest with you, I can't keep any of the ten. Because my heart has been hopefully changed that I could do that once I grow into the knowledge of who Christ is. But I have just not come to that. And it seems like even in Ephesians talks about in the ages to come, God will demonstrate his grace to us in Christ Jesus. In the ages to come. How yes. long is that? Work your, your salvation. We Work are... out your salvation. I'll give you an example of my own life. I'm Italian descent. My dad hated the mafia movies. <laughs> I mean, you talk about, because the same with James. He said, every time somebody looks at an Italian movie, they think of us as the gangs and the mobs and that. He says, I can't stand that. I'm just telling you, that was one of his things, too. The other thing, too, I'll be honest with you, I went to see the movie Pat. I thought the guy was nuts. My dad was with Pat, and he says, you know what? We were with, I was with Pat. He said, everybody else was sitting back in tents. He was the only guy right out there in the front with the saying, hey, let's go get these son of the bitches. Mm -hmm. Everybody else says, you go get them. I'm going to wait here. He said, you'll follow that guy wherever he goes. I mean, it was, it was interesting just talking to my dad at times. And I used to laugh. My dad, my dad cussed all the time. I said, you know, Dad, you, can't, you couldn't talk if you couldn't cuss. He said, oh, bullshit. <laughs> I mean, let, let me let me just wrap this up uh, right. for those of you that have to go that's fine it, we are great discussion beyond, though it's a, yeah. it, and i think we need to continue it but i i want to just make sure that if you need to leave feel free to do so but god bless guys see you okay Danny. Yeah. Yeah. those of you that are going to work you know hey go for it uh, I think that the, the issue is um, in areas where God is very clear in his word, you know, this is what you need to do, then we need to do that. In areas where there's some confusion, um, in some cases, to be honest with you, the church is, is taking its, its good sweet time to, to do things that needed to have done a long time ago. And, uh, you know, both people who are, unfortunately, people are not perfect this side of heaven. Amen. And um, they're going to get some things time. right, and they're going to get a lot of things wrong. And we got a lot of things wrong, Amen. no doubt. You know, as, as a, as individuals, as a, as a collective community. Um, and I think each time the church is being called, when, when this happens, each time the church is being called into uh, reform, change. You know, and, and there are going to be times when the church is going to fight reform. I mean, you know, Martin Luther did not start out to, to have a new denomination. His, his desire, his love was for the Catholic Church. His desire was to reform the Catholic Church from within, to make the changes necessary. And when they, when they failed to do so, he was eventually forced out because the leadership wouldn't do it. And, and when they did change, they, there was the Council of Trent, which was just a whole, it was all in response to, to Martin Luther and basically went against everything Martin Luther was trying to, to do. Um, 
but there are in areas where there are gray areas, and I'm not saying that the areas that you brought up, James, are necessarily gray. I'm not sure that there's any gray area in, in killing somebody, in, you know, in murdering them. I will say this, that we have a tendency to turn our eyes. Um, think, think, think about the fact that, that we knew what was happening to the Jews, to the gypsies, to the mentally impaired in Germany, and we did nothing. We refused to even acknowledge it until it came time when some of those troops, George, marched into Germany and found those camps. Yeah. I, my wife's uncle was a photographer in the army. One of his jobs was to document that. Yeah. I but, think you know, we, we, fo we are forced at times that we're, we're not there. We're going to get there in, in chapter one. We're going to get there to the mirror. We're forced, when we look at the word of God, we're forced to look in the mirror of the word of God and say, I got some problems here. I've, I've got dirt on my face. It needs to be cleaned off. I've, I need to wash myself in the word. And we don't. Some of us purposely choose to not do that. And frankly, some of us, myself included, there are times you go, you know what? I'll get to it, but not right now. You know, the other I, uh, point I want to make, too, about that Samaritan, I think sometimes, too, when you get to that good Samaritan, I think some of why we see things differently is because we have different giftings. That's a possibility, too, yeah. You know what I'm saying? How we see that situation. For you, it could be the actual putting the salve and bandaging. For somebody else, it could be like a Tom, maybe financing the bandages for the sad. Why is that? Because they have different giftings and looking at that and taking care of it. I think that's a big thing too, sometimes. The, the, the issue is always, what do you do when you run into that situation? Do you, do you speak well, up? Do you address it? Do you ignore it? You know, it's, it's, it's in, a, in a small cosm, in a microcosm, it's like, I'm on my way to church. I'm going to be leading worship or I'm going to be speaking and I see somebody broken down on the side of the road. Now I've got to get to church and I've got to start the church on time because I'm, I'm a Northern guy and I'm, I'm clock driven, right? And my people are clock driven. But I realize that I, I blow by a person, maybe it's a lady that needs to ha have help with her, her car. And I choose not to do so because I feel like that I have a responsibility to the, what, what should I have done? Well, you stopped? <clears throat> Yeah, stop cleaning the house and washing the feet and go to Christ. <laughs> you know those, what I mean? The, those are, those are yeah. tough, tough, you know, and sometimes we have to go afterwards and go, you know what? I blew it. I, we were just, I was just flat out wrong. Regret and uh, guilt are very powerful. No, I'm not, yeah, God I've got to leave regretfully. <laughs> James, thank you for bringing up those inf that information. It's my pleasure. Keep, ho keep holding us. Keep holding thank a mirror up for us. Thank you, guys. Yeah. We're taking it in and, and all right, brother. And taking a listen. I have a pleasant day, guys. Okay. You too. Thank you. you. Too. See you guys.